you know, one solo singer, it can easily fly over the head of the person on the seventh row, last seat, or the person in the balcony, especially if they don't necessarily like their voices or if they're not connecting to it. But everyone sees themselves in a choir. Everyone can see themselves in a choir. Um, no matter who you are, no matter what your walk of life is, you can you can look at a choir and find you in there. That's what I love about choirs. It's the only thing that represents the people they actually minister to. This is Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. Hi, everyone. This is Bishop Rob Wright, and this is Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. Uh, Today, we have a special guest, someone that I have just met and already feel a great affinity for and affection for. Uh, Jason McGee is with us. Jason, welcome. Oh, thank you so much for having me. What's up, everybody? We, we are delighted to have you. Now, I, I don't even know how to really describe you, and that's part of the richness of, of who you are. Uh, Jason is a, is grew up in the church. Uh, he's out in L.A. even right now. He's, he's, uh, he's been on NPR, Tiny Desk. He's done gigs uh, with Coachella, Madonna, Pharrell, John Legend, uh, and yet here he is with us. And so he calls himself a creative and yet he's got a big heart for the gospel. So, so Jason, we just want to, before we get going on all your credentials and all this wonderful stuff that God has blessed your life with, just tell us how you get started. How do you get to being a creative in the musical space and inviting us to worship and to our best selves? I would say getting started, honestly, church. There's no better training ground for anything creatively than church. You know, I was the, um, I'm the pastor's grandson, um, I am the choir director's son, the state women's supervisor's grandson. Um, you know, I'm the nephew of what three more pastors in the family. So it's just, it kind of runs deep, you know, and growing up, my mother was my choir director. And, um, so I sat under her and I watched her and at 14 years old, 14 years old, I started directing. Um, but wait a minute, I'm 14, 14. Yeah. 14 years old. What's funny is I found a photo the other day. Uh, 14-year-old Jason. And I was like, that kid was directing choirs? Like, <laughs> I was like, what did I know? Like, I didn't know enough to do this, but I um, I guess I had a gift, you know, and God used it. Um, but it was when I moved to Los Angeles and went to theater school was when um, I think the gift was like just more cultivated and exposed. Um, and so I used, you know, I kind of like used my creativity through theater school and my fashion training and just all of those things rolled up into the natural gift of directing. And that's kind of where I kind of like really started creating something bigger than what I had seen before, something larger than myself. Um, my dreams, my aspirations were way bigger than what I was told a director was allowed to do. Um, I just knew that like God was going to use this gift, whatever it was to go f- way above, you know, you know, my local surroundings. Yeah. And what denomination uh, did you grow up in or a, a denomination? I mean, how was it characterized or, or categorized? Um, it's categorized as I would say, it's, I mean, it goes like Christian, Pentecostal, and then Church of God in Christ. Okay. So uh, it's, it's Kojic. And that's the, yeah, uh, yeah that's the acronym for it. Yeah, well, uh, watch yeah. out. I might try to make you an Episcopalian before this is over here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I feel like I feel like I've been Baptist. I feel like I've been Episcopal. I feel like I've been like so many there different you go. things. 
<laughs> now, you know, what, what we talk about in, in, in the church oftentimes is, is that people uh, want change, or at least they say they do. Yeah. But when you start touching the music, when you start touching the order of service, and, and in my denomination, you know, we really struggle. You know, we, we, sort, of, we sort of hold the, the Bible dear and, and maybe in some places the hymnal even more dearly, right? Yeah. So we can do all kinds of stuff, but don't touch the liturgy, right? So, right? so how do you bring all this energy, enthusiasm, new vision into that? Because we can be very protective. Yes. I, I, so what's funny is I heard Naomi Rain say this today. She said, most people go, Father, Son, um, Holy Bible instead yeah. of Holy, Holy Spirit. And yeah. I, she's like, we hang on to certain things so much that we kind of like exit out um, the Holy Spirit. I think for me, I think I've always driven uh, the word intention into into my choirs, into the people that I lead, um, doing things with intention. And I think that I think intention goes beyond literature. I think because everyone was writing literature was being written by people who were um, who were intense or using intention about how they were feeling. But that might not be how you're feeling or, you know, or those words that meant certain things to certain people. They may mean something different to you. And so God created it, it, all of us individually. We're all very different people. No two people are alike. So my intention or my my affinity for these words is going to be wildly different than yours. So I think for me, I always drive my, my singers to sing your testimony in this song, sing your experience in this song. Yes, the words are written this way. And yes, your neighbor is going to be singing the same words, but they don't have the same intention. And I think if everybody brings, brings their experience and their intention and their testimony into these words, I think you get feeling now. You get connection. You get something way bigger than you. You're telling, you're telling your story through things that were written hundreds of years ago. So then it constantly renews it as well. And it speaks to, it now speaks to a new generation. It speaks to, spiritually, it speaks to people that maybe are going through the same thing as you. They're connecting with you spiritually way beyond just what was written on paper. You know, one of my favorite lines from uh, U2, uh, the rock and band, U2's uh, uh, um, lead singer Bono is, is that people give themselves to lyrics like nothing else. And we have all had that experience, haven't we? We've been in the car singing our head off, even though we can't sing, uh, you know, that the, the, the singer or the arranger or whatever it is, they, they're speaking to us. We, they, they're speaking for us. I mean, in some ways, it's just like the Psalms. It's there, there's an emotional honesty in, in song lyrics. And, and, and I know personally, my own personal testimony is there've been many days when I was dry and just didn't know if I was going to make it, just wondered where God was. And, and, and thank God for iTunes and thank God for my phone or my, at the time, uh, you know, my iPod and somebody sang me through, you know? And, and so, so music can just lift. When I was a, when I was a full-time pastor, I used to tell my congregation, don't leave it all to the choir. Uh, let, let's let this assembly be a choir because the, the person sitting uh, next to you might have had the song beat out of them all week and they get the benefit of sitting beside you. So sing. Right. And so when you're saying about people singing their testimony and witness into this, you know, it's crucial. Um, you know, I was reading a bit about you and you said something else that I think is really important. I think we need to figure out nowadays, too, is that choir singing is important. Right. There, there's something holy 
about us breathing together, breathing the word of God together and breathing it over one another. Say a bit about choirs and your experience of all of that. I mean, um, <laughs> choirs are my love. So I am a diehard choir kid. Um, I think you're never going to get the sound um, of an individual like you will out of the masses. There is no sound like the sound of 20, 30, 50, and in our case, 700 choir members singing, singing collectively um, all, on the same, all on the same page to the same God at the same time. There is no sound like that. And also choirs represent who's in the audience. You know, one solo singer, it can easily fly over the head of the person on the seventh row last seat or the person in the balcony, especially if they don't necessarily like their voices or if they're not connecting to it, but everyone sees themselves in a choir. Everyone can see themselves in a choir. Um, no matter who you are, no matter what your walk of life is, you can you can look at a choir and find you in there. That's what I love about choirs. It's the only thing that represents the people they actually minister to. Hi listeners, thanks for listening to Four People a space of digital evangelism. You're hearing the ministry of Jason McGee. Jason will be with us leading a mass choir with Imagine Worship on October 3rd with presiding Bishop Michael Curry at St. Bart's NYC. If you're local in the area, we encourage you to attend. Link to register in episode description. And now back to four people. On my consecration service, we had a representative choir from around the diocese. So that's, you know, 117 congregations, right? And we had representatives uh, from all the choirs there. So we ended up having about 300 people in the choir because we were limited by space. We, I wanted bigger, but we were at Morehouse, uh, Morehouse Chapel. We were, it was, uh, we were limited by space. And I can tell you optically, we were everything. We were male, we were female. Some had pink hair, some had no hair, some had gray hair. I mean, we were, some were young. We had, and there was a power that was communicated there. Um, and so it's visually interesting, but I would say spiritually powerful to, to, to have them to, to take up the leadership role uh, in worship. People talk a lot about generational stuff when it comes to music and worship and church, et cetera. Are you finding that the choirs still have an effect on the young heart, on the young mind, or, or, or is that passe now? No, I don't think it's passe at all. I don't think it ever will be passe, nor do I think it ever was passe. Um, there were choirs, I mean, and not to make this you know, overly anything, but there were choirs during slavery times. There's always been groups of people to come together to relay a message, um, and that will never go away as long as people roam the earth. You know, they started so long ago, so many generations ago. And as long as there's a collective of people who desire to be together, desire to sing together, um, I think choirs will always, you know, be represented well. I think what's important is that they are often respected and displayed well. And I think that causes people to really respect them for sure. Um, you know, and then also choirs are full of people who at times are not really singers. The best choirs don't have the best singers. In right. Them. But there's something about the collective, isn't there? There's the collective. There's community. As long as people desire community and singing and worship, there will always be a need and a desire for a choir. And I do believe that once the, that not once, but if any wave, any solo singer wave, any group singer wave, um, any worship team only member wave, um, once that's over, there will, if you think about it, that choirs have been the only things that, that have um, really withstood the test of time. Choirs, like, choirs, in my opinion, are the sound of heaven. Yeah. Because, again, 
Because again, you're on, this is the only place, the only thing where you can get that many people from that many walks of life singing together to the same God um, at the exact same time. Let me tell you, uh, as, a, as, a, as a pastor of a congregation in a, in a couple of iterations, boy, let me tell you, when that choir really bonds and bonds positively and constructively, yes. it is a force. Now, it yes, is it also is. true when it bonds around something negative, it can also be an unfortunate force. <laughs> it's a force. Right? It's always a force. Well, but it's always a force, right? Force it's always good. a force. Now, you know, I don't like to use the words secular music and, and, uh, and sort of uh, spiritual music. You and I both know that, you know, every good thing comes from God, right? And so God doesn't have the boundaries and stuff the way, the way we impose boundaries. But, but I, I, just for the conversation's sake, we are starting to notice in what we are calling secular music, you know, the usage of, of choirs. And, and we're, we're, even when we look over to Kanye, which is not secular music, a guy who has a heart for faith, um, he develops a choir uh, and, and puts out a gospel uh, album. And without it being sort of formalized church, the music, and I've listened to it thoroughly, the, the, the music is trying to connect people with this big presentation of all kinds of people, right? Piercings and tattoos and hair and no hair and blue hair and all that. And, and I'm excited by that because, you know, church as we know it is going through a radical shift. And, and, and what perhaps you and I grew up with, is not, it's not always going to look like that. But there are going to be people who have a heart for following Jesus and who are moved and inspired by the Bible and who want to live meaningful, purposeful lives for God. So, say something about that, uh, because we really are talking a generational thing here. You know what? Uh, um, a couple of years ago, maybe last year, the Lord really was showing me some things about the people that we have um, discarded. As, hey, wait a minute now. Like, as as not something enough yeah. to to be able to minister or worship in our churches or whatever. The people with the blue hair, the pink hair, the pink yeah. tattoos, and we've created all these rules and boundaries where they're no longer feeling free or safe to worship with us. And then the Lord revealed to me, He said, "I'm their God too." And so I started saying that, and I was like, "Even your enemy, like, is His child." Like he's their God too. And the person that you want God to get on your behalf or pay back on your behalf because they made you upset, he's their God too. And, you know, and everyone has the opportunity to love him and be loved by him um, because simply because he created them. And he like, biblically, it says he created all of us in his image that we are all fearfully and wonderfully made and that we're in his image and that when he views us, he views us through the lens of love and he sees himself. And this is why the Bible says that man looks on the, man looks on the outward, but God looks on the heart because that is the place where he communicates with us. That's a place where he hears us. And my heart can be very pure, but my hair is blue. Yeah, Had, Neither has anything to do That's with right. each other. My hair is blue because I'm, I'm an artist and I really like blue hair, right. but who created me to... <laughs> Who created me to be an artist? God. Right. You know, so it's just like we, so the Lord revealed to me years ago, he was, well, a couple of years ago, he said, I'm their God too. And that really changed the way I, I lead. It changed the way that I direct. It changed the way that I communicate. It really, it took, it, it takes off the, like the judgment, like the, the, the cloak of judgment on whomever I don't view or deem 
um, something enough to to sing in the choir or to worship God. So, you know, yeah. Now, look, man, now we got to add preacher to the resume because you you <laughs> preached that sermon. Let me tell you, no, I mean, the throwaway people, we had a guy on who was a, who was a lawyer on behalf of people who are being uh, sexually abused not long ago. And he talked about the people that nobody's looking for. And, and, you know, they're, th- they're thrown away in one, one way or the other. And yeah, but God sees them as precious, uh, you know, has, has, has the, the numbers of their tears as well as every hair on their head also. And so, you know, I, I think, you know, when I see people who do the work that you're doing, it's exciting to me because it ends up being a place of refuge where, you know, people are not thrown away or cast out because of, of, of how they look. I mean, there was this for a long time, especially perhaps in the black church, uh, there was this sort of politics of respectability. You, one had to look away on Sunday. And there's a lot of positive about that. It was in, in, historically it was one of those one places that we could go, you know, in a, in a very racist times in our nation's history where we could be called sir and madam and dress up with the ties and the dresses and beautiful. Um, and, and things have changed now. And now I think that the, the, the tent has to get wider. And the, I love how you said the cloak of judgment uh, has to go away because, you know, there are hurting souls. And perhaps now more than ever with the velocity and complexity of life uh, and everybody having a, you know, a supercomputer in their back pocket. I mean, we've got to get this message out. And so, so music is the best way for me. I, I, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm a real weirdo when it comes to music. I got everybody from Kanye to Beethoven to, I mean, you know, Steel Pulse, Bob, I got everybody on my, uh, on my playlist here. So, uh, and, and you realize, you realize there's not much difference between. Well, no, there's no, and, and they seek to name what is real. They seek to lift. They seek to tell the truth. I mean, they, they only have a few purposes, right? Um, and, and so that's why I love so many, so many different, different genres. Well, you know, what else I'm excited about is, is that, you know, beyond this, uh, this podcast, uh, you and I are going to get a chance to do some ministry together. You're going to join us Absolutely. in New York City in October with our presiding yes, bishop. Uh, we, we started something a couple of years ago, Jason, uh, called uh, um, Imagine Church, uh, and it's a double entendre. We wanted people to sort of imagine, reimagine church, um, uh, but now we're going for I- uh, Imagine Worship. We're trying to make it wider and deeper and bigger, and so the fact that we get to partner with you and some other people who are beyond the Episcopal sort of branch of the, of the Christian family tree is really really exciting. Can talk a little bit about about your musings going into all of that. When I when I was invited by Easton to uh, be a part of Imagine Worship, um, it just seems right. Do you know what I mean? It just seems it it seems like um, it seems like the trajectory of my career and in going into all different realms with this one gift. You know, this, this, um, and, and how it knows no boundaries. It knows no denomination. It knows, you know, um, so I wasn't raised, I wasn't raised in a worship culture. I wasn't raised. My church was very praise heavy. It was shout, shout, foot dance, speak in <laughs> tongues. You know what I mean? And they used to always joke and say, roll on the floor. I'm like, yeah, I saw a couple rolls too. Um, you know, <laughs> definitely some running. Yeah. Um, and so being welcomed into this like extreme worship atmosphere, um, 
is is an honor to say the least. Um, I'm excited about it. I am. I'm grateful for the opportunity. I cannot wait uh, to just experience it because this will be my first time in anything like this. Um, you know, I'm with Maverick City now, and so I'm moving all over the country with them. But even still, this is still uh, a little bit different. You know, just just the way in which we're going to go about it. So excited. You know, sure. and that's that's sort of what we have we have thought about. We started off with a, a couple of guys having having some ideas about what we needed to do differently, and we we thought that COVID would give us good cover. Um, we thought that you know there was no real excuse not to try to run what we call faithful experiments, right? To learn something, right? Sometimes I think we can be a bit too timid. Uh, it, we who, who who sort of claim an audacious God. And 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 uh, and uh, you know have in our in our sort of faith heritage a guy like David who took on a giant. We get a little skittish when it comes to facing our own giants, and so we decided yeah, we to try something called Imagine Church. And 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 our goal was to be faithful, to be prayerful, to try to connect, but also if we had to to fail marvelously, right? And so here we are, two years later. We're, <laughs> yeah, we're still trying. We're still trying, and and it's exciting because. Um, we've gotten emails and text messages from all kinds of people from all kinds of walks of life saying that this was important for them. Uh, it was different for them. And then we had some other people who were a little bit more skeptical, but nevertheless opened their heart and said, well, let's see. And, and, and you know, a quick commercial for, for my Episcopal church, you know, we forget, uh, and I'm sure you have the, this version uh, in your sort of uh, church and denomination, we forget that we were founded to live in attention. And to live in that tension means to live, you know, on the one hand, the tradition we have been given, and at the same time, to run after a living God who's still doing new things. And so, and right. so we're not being faithful if we're only talking about yesterday's God, right? And we're not being right. faithful if we're just trying to make it up ourselves. The faithfulness is in the tension, right? What is the experiment that God is calling us to run? Faithful, we call data-driven experiment. So I, I'm so glad that you're going to join us, and we're going to figure that out together. What we all we need is, you know, we try to say, you know, we need uh, people who are excellence-minded uh, and who are trusting God and looking for some other folks to have good Christian fellowship with. And so I, I experience in you all of that. Yeah, <laughs> I I cannot I cannot wait. You know, I'm often I'm often um, intrigued uh, with people that are, are that are um, unwilling to move forward that call themselves Christians or call themselves saved or, or saved or, or loving God it's always interesting to me that I'm like well why it's like you do know that he like created the 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 entire existence in in days and then rested you do know that he's the same God that told a man to build an ark long before there was rain it's just like is he not is he not able to do new things? today like he's still the same god um so which means he's still like there's some miracles that he wants to work out like uh, you know he's still the god of miracles he's still performing miracles so there and there might be some miracles that he wants to work out in all of us and i think we just have to be willing to allow him to move accordingly well this is it and and, and as we move to our close you know one of the things that we're working on here and and you are part and parcel of that with us today is this wonderful piece from Isaiah, behold, I do a new thing, right? And then, and then he asked the question, do you not perceive it? And so that goes right to your comment. So God is this God that is always doing new things. And, and our invitation from God is keep up, you know, stay with me, you know, um, 
Uh, and, and, and we do know what we know. Or just trust me or just trust me. <laughs> just like, don't there fight is, me. Though. Just trust me. That's all. Well, you know, and there's a fancy way to say that, right? Don't frustrate grace. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right? Embrace me. it. Yeah. <laughs> trust me. Trust me and come along. So, well, I, you have been graceful uh, in making time well, to be with us, to offering up your gifts. And I'm just so glad I just, uh, you know, in, in, in the name of the spirit that is most holy and, and Jesus Christ, who is our Lord and Savior, I just wish all of God's blessings on your ministry as you continue to teach an ever enlarging circle what it means to worship and praise a loving God. So God bless you and thank you, man. Yeah, thank you as well. Thanks for having me. Thank you know. Thanks for loving on me. It it, it feels good. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot wait. I cannot wait to be with you all. I really can. It's gonna be. It's in my favorite city. It's with some great people. It's gonna be amazing. Amen. So we got. We're hoping that quite a few choir members turn up, and we're gonna we're gonna have some fun. Hey man, we're gonna have some fun. <laughs> all right. <laughs>